It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today we are going to be looking at our other matchup in our Elite Eight as we wind down to the end of our Final Four to claim who will be the greatest Aggie of all time. A couple of housekeeping notes before we begin the show today. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M audio content when it comes to covering one of the greatest teams in college football and a riser in college basketball. So make sure you're following us at Locked On Aggies. And second, if you like me, if you like the show, if you think I'm doing good, if you want to give me advice on what you want to hear and what I can add to make this show better, all you got to do is hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and follow me at Mr. Cole Thompson. My name is Cole Thompson. I am a mister. That's my name. Don't wear it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. Before we begin the show, as always, I'd like to give you an update of things going on around Texas A&M at the collegiate and NFL level, just to give you something else to talk about during this week. And there's been some big news about one player getting an opportunity that so few players get every single season. Uh, now, everyone knows that the NFL draft is going to be different this year. It is going to be a virtual draft where scouts and GMs work from home over a Zoom or a Zoom S type product in order to get picks in and speak to other GMs while making their selections. So with that in mind, they're also going to have a virtual green room. What this means is that anyone who gets selected during this process will speak to the representatives from probably ESPN and NFL Network as guys who are the top level guys. And AM will be represented this year in the green room as defensive tackle Justin Matabike was named as one of the 56 players to earn a spot in the green room. Uh, other names, of course, are on this list include Joe Burrow, Tua Tungavailoa, uh, Justin Jefferson, Javon Kinlaw, Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons, just a few names that AM fans probably saw this season that will also be in the mix for that selection. The thing about the green room is, if you are told you're going to be in the green room, you're kind of put in a position to where you are going to be a high commodity when it comes to draft picks. You may not be a first-rounder. You know, you see it every year. About four or five guys who are in the green room actually fall to day two. But you go back and you look at the history of people in the green room, it's it's not long. They're in it for probably the first 10 to 12 picks of that second round, and then they're off the board. Now, don't get me wrong. You could have some guys like Jojuan Joseph out of Vanderbilt last year he was in the green room as a member of Nashville. He was a Nashville invite. He wasn't an invite by the NFL. So this year, the 56 players that were named are more than likely going to be selected in the first 64 picks. I mean, you look at some of these names on here. Uh, of course, you have uh, you know Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame is going to be one, and Cole Komet out of Notre Dame is going to be another that you could maybe see them selected Late, late, late day two. But everyone else, you know, you look at Jake Fromm is going to be the big name of probably if we're going down this list just off the top of my head, 
he'll probably be the last person selected right now. But I mean, everyone else in this list. I mean, you're you're talking about a every, pretty much. I think everyone on this list will be selected in the first round. They there will not be a pick that was not made that doesn't come from the first round through here. But you gotta remember that uh, you know Matabike is one of four Aggies looking to make a name for himself as an early declaree for the 2020 NFL Draft, hoping to make his mark at the next level. He led the team this past year with 5.5 sacks. He came in fourth with tackles with 42. He had a stellar pro day, uh, combine. Every person I spoke to at the combine said all he did was show that that physicality will also transfer over to the NFL. He throw in his numbers, a 4.8540. I think he had 130. Three broad jump. Uh, he had one of the fastest three cone drills. This solidified him, I think, as a top five defensive tackle in the class. So with this selection and him being in the virtual draft, not only will you be able to see more of Matabike and probably a longer extensive period with him, you'll also be able to kind of hear about what's going on with him and what he's been doing during COVID-19, which is a big deal. I mean, it, it really is. He also is probably going to be one of the only Aggies guaranteed to be drafted. I think Courtney Davis is another one who you can say probably going to be drafted. But Kendrick Rogers, Debony Renfro, and Braden Mann. Mann should be drafted, but the problem is special teams players don't get the same love and respect that any other player gets. So even if you are a seventh round pick, you have to be banking on every other position has been met for you to be able to go to that team. As a seventh round pick. So man's kind of on the outside looking in still. There could be a reason to bring him in. There could be a reason not to. I just think and I look at, you know, everyone on this roster. Matabike will be selected. And I do think he will be a top 50 pick. So you can expect him to have a very stellar Friday night. I'm not sure if he'll go round one. Now, as we spoke to DraftWire's Justin, Matab- uh, Justin Mello, Matabike has the ability to be in that consideration for the 29th pick, probably the 31st pick with San Francisco. But he is a late, late, late first rounder, definitely in consideration early second. I think that that's ultimately where he goes, is an early second round pick. The Houston Texans, they have a need for defensive uh, defensive tackle, especially a nose. I could see him playing there. So if that's the case, maybe he's that pick at 40. I definitely think that there's going to be a need for... Him with maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars that they go linebacker, cornerback, or wide receiver, cornerback with their first two picks in the first round. Overall, I don't think that this is the end of Matabike's, I guess, limitations. He definitely, I think, will be in the running for first round, but he will be a top 50 pick. And I think that having him in that virtual draft room only solidifies what scouts are telling media mongols and other people that he's going to be a big time name. We're moving right along into our bracket. Four are down. We have four more to go. Who will be our final two joining Dat Nguyen and Ma Von Miller in our final four? Don't go anywhere. We'll be breaking down those names in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, we have a special treat for you today. We're going to be playing the first portion of the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. 
This project is a culmination of every host from the Locked On Podcast Network's NFL channel and many of the hosts of the Locked On College channel. It also includes insight from the Draft Network hosts and Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes. Now, this mock draft isn't a predictive draft. The hosts aren't selecting who they want their teams to pick come April 23rd. Instead, they're picking who they want their teams to select on draft day. So, keep this in mind, there's going to be trades, and that's something that you don't see on many draft shows. And you're going to have that lead to some surprises with our college hosts providing player profiles for all the players selected in this mock draft, and all 32 teams will be featured, even teams without a first-round selection. The Mock Draft Special will be airing from Friday, April 10th, all the way to next Friday, April 17th. So go ahead and download us on iTunes. Make sure you're following us here on Locked on NFL. And listen every single day to another pick being made and a future Hall of Famer potentially finding their home. So go ahead and listen to Locked on NFL Draft's Mock Show Special here on the Locked on Podcast Network. We still have a tournament here going on for the Aggies 12th man who will be joining Von Miller and last but not least Dat Nguyen in our final four for the greatest Aggie of all time. It's simple. We got a matchup that we're going to have to break down and this is going to be one that I'm going to have trouble with. I listened to Twitter. I took their I took their votes into accommodation. I still want to look at this and I got to break this down a little bit more. John David Crow versus Mike Evans. This is a doozy, because here's why. Mike Evans is a lot like Johnny Manziel, except for he's nothing like him at the professional level. A two-year veteran who left as soon as he could, was a first-round draft pick, has represent, represented a and very well in the draft process, but two years with the program doesn't always leave the impact that you want. And Mike Evans, as good as he was... Both years, because he was. Do those two years of production at AM merit him beating the OG when it comes to probably Aggies? I, I mean, when I was growing up, I knew the name John David Crow. But I knew that because I grew up in Texas. And I also had a neighbor who was a member of the 12th band and the Junction Boys. And the Junction Boys... John David Crow wasn't a part of that team, but he was a part of that roster, if that makes any sense. He won't go down in history to be remembered as a Junction boy, but he will be remembered on that team that did come back and shocked the world under Bear Bryant. But you look at his numbers. Mike Evans. Back-to-back years, 1,000 yards. So, literally, since his college days in 2012, Mike Evans has finished every single season with at least 1,000 yards. His touchdown rate went up in year two by seven. But he only had an extra 200 receiving yards. And he did it on less catches, actually, in his sophomore year. 82 his first year, 1,105 yards, five touchdowns. Second year, 1,394 yards on 69 catches, 12 touchdowns. I just look at this and go, okay, Mr. Consistency all the way. And that's how you have to describe Mike Evans because a lot of people seem to forget that Mike Evans is one of two receivers in NFL history to actually make it to the 1,000-yard receiving mark in every season in his first six years. One other player has done that, and it's Randy Moss. Randy Moss is a Hall of Famer and by most people's speculations, the greatest wide receiver of the modern era. 
The only person that people argue is a better receiver all time, I think personally, is Jerry Rice. That's it. You don't you don't have this conversation with anyone else. But Mike Evans, kind of like AJ Green, he's good. A lot of people like him. Do they like him enough to be the elite receiver that is considered the greatest in the league? Probably not. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. One year, maybe, he will be the greatest receiver, but you're not going to see him consistently ranked with the DeAndre Hopkins and the Odell Beckham Jr. talks, although he should. But John David Crow, again, this is Mr. Aggie. That's the only way I can describe how this guy was. And when you have the backing support of a guy in Bear Bryant, the late, great Bear Bryant, that if you don't win the Heisman Trophy, it's rigged. I mean, that was a, that was a legitimate quote from, uh, from Bryant. If John David Crow doesn't win the Heisman, they ought to stop giving it. And the reason he said that was because of he played every position. He literally, he played defense. He rushed for 562 yards on 129 carries and six touchdowns during his seven games of availability of his senior year. He caught two passes for five touchdowns. He also caught two passes and passed for five touchdowns. And he intercepted the ball five times. So you have Mike Evans, Mr. Reliable. And you have John David Crow, Mr. Consistency. So I sent this out to Twitter and I got their opinion. And it's very clear that Twitter is young and outside of Aggie fans, you don't know who John David Crow is. Because Mike Evans won 72 to uh, 28. Over 200 votes were made. Now, I wish it was more. But 72 to 28, that's a large in favor. But again, you look back. John David Crow, he has the Heisman. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. But then you also look, 11 years, he appeared in four Pro Bowls. So he's been in four Pro Bowls in 11 years. Mike Evans, in six years, has been to three Pro Bowls. So he's one off with still five more years to go to catch John David Crow. The reason I have trouble with this one isn't because of I think either player is bad. I just have trouble with this one because of... It would be like saying... Okay, Pierre, I'll use this as an example. I'm a huge Marvel fan. And I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And if you don't like Marvel or if you like, you know, the the MCU, you can pick your favorite movie in the MCU. But personally, in your top five has to include Iron Man. Because it's the OG. And how Iron Man was made, how Robert Downey Jr. depicted... Tony Stark made the franchise what it is today. John David Crow is Robert Downey Jr. in this sense. Without him, AM is probably not a contender every single season, not a franchise many people know. The 12th Man story probably still is told, but it's not as popular as it is today. You don't probably have the dual-style quarterback that you wanted because of Crow did it all. Mike Evans, as consistent as he is, Crow did it all. But, again, 
you look at the talent level of what Mike Evans has gone up against, and especially you look at what he's done at the NFL level, he's in the history books, and he could, he has one more year to beat Randy Moss, I think, in 1,000-yard exceptions. In Randy Moss's seventh season in 2004, it was also his last year with the Minnesota Vikings, he had 767 yards. He only played in 13 games, but he had 767 yards. If Mike Evans passes the 1,000 mark again, he will be the only receiver to begin his career every single season with at least 1,000 receiving yards. And he's got Tom Brady to help him out. For that alone, I'm moving Mike Evans on over John David Crow. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of eating the crow as I say, and I'm going to have to suck it up and listen to fans. All Other people say, you don't understand. No, I do. But Mike Evans and what he's been able to do at the NFL level proves that he is the greatest Aggie wide receiver of all time. John David Crowe, that's the thing about not having a true position. You're versatile, but you're not elite at any level. Mike Evans is an elite receiver, and because of that, he's going to continue to move on. Who's going to be joining Mike Evans into our Final Four? Will it be Quentin Coyett, or will it be Ray Childress? Don't go anywhere. We'll be breaking down both those names in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Hey, guys, make sure, of course, you're following us on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. But also, while you're at it, if you love the Locked on Podcast Network, why don't you go ahead and listen to our Locked on NFL mock draft special found on Locked on NFL. You have Brian Peacock, Joe Marino, Kyle Kratz, Benjamin Slug, Trevor Sycamore, all these guys, they do great coverage here for LOPN. And you're stuck inside. So the next big thing you're going to have is the NFL draft to look forward to. So why not get your mind ready, get your heart ready, get your t-shirt out, get your jersey on, sit back, relax, and listen to an episode of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. We're moving right along with our 2020 greatest of all time, Aggie. And we have two names from the 80s, 90s that are definitely going to have some controversy because I think both can make a name for themselves as potentially the fourth seed going on. Quentin Coyet. Here's the thing with Coyet. He never had an NFL career. He had two very good years, and it was because they moved him inside. I take points off for that. Anytime a team drafts you for one position, and you have to play another position because you're not set at that position, it's a problem. To me, at least, it is. That's the way I look at it. I see a problem with Coyet, a pass rusher, having to play inside middle linebacker. You weren't drafted to play in coverage or be a run stopper. You were drafted to get in that backfield and bring that quarterback to his knees. And you're not able to do that because if you are sitting on the bench, and more, more importantly, you're injured. And don't get me wrong. This is another RG3-like player. A great college career. We could Go ahead. Look up all of his college stats. I'll do it one more time just for you to listen to. But he was a fantastic linebacker. In his first year as a starter for AM during the junior season, he registered 92 tackles, 18 quarterback pressures, two, four, two fumble recoveries, and, of course, uh, three sacks. 
He received the Southwest Newcomer of the Year honors. He was part of the Wrecking Crew. That included uh, Mark Wheeler, Marcus Buckley, Kevin Smith, Derek Frazier, and Patrick Bates. As a senior, he also registered 92 tackles again. He was second on the team, 4.5 sacks, 11 tackles for losses, three passes deflended, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. Of course, the big hit against Kyle McPherson, TCU wide receiver, put him on the map, and it probably got him selected by the Indianapolis Colts with that second overall pick. The thing is, once Coyet got to the NFL, nothing came of it. This was another one of those players who you have high expectations for, and why a lot of people say you cannot have too many pass rushers because you never know when one pass rusher is going to start slipping up. And Coyet never picked up the bat. He never got into the on-deck circle. He just kind of was waiting in the hole to kind of break out, and that slump continued until he finally retired in 1999. Ray Childers, on the other hand, another great Aggie. And his numbers blew me out of the water. 117 tackles, 15 sacks, which was a school record and a first-team All-American as a junior. His senior year, he had the Aggies ranked as the number five national-ranked defense, averaging 127 yards per game, 124 tackles, 10 sacks. His 25 career sacks was then a school record for a non-linebacker. And 30 tackles, ranked 360 tackles all-time, has him ranked fourth on AM's all-time tackle list, two times consensus All-American. Then again, third overall selection in the 1985 draft. Spent 10 years with the Houston Oilers, one year with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Two-team for all, uh, Southwest Conference player, th- a six-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, recorded three fumble recoveries in one game, which was an NFL record, and he's in the College Football Hall of Fame. So basically, everything Coyet did, Childress did. And Childress did at a different position that probably is not known for making tackles. Defensive tackles are there to open holes for the linebackers. You make a tackle, good on your part. But you're there to go up against the offensive line and win those battles in the trenches for your backside players to make plays in the open field. That's why you have him there. Childress did all that at the collegiate level, and he continued it at the NFL level. Never had 100 tackles at the NFL level in a season, but he was a versatile player, especially on the Oilers' defensive line, part of those great teams that featured Warren Moon. I think that when you just look at this overall, you're sitting here and going, okay, when you break it down that way, Koya was a superstar, Childress was a consistent star, and consistency sometimes wins. The little engine that could, that has a streak, that continues to move up boards, moves on. Childress is the winner of this matchup. So Childress, another defensive player, will be represented in the Final Four. There you have it, our Final Four Aggies that will be featured in our bracket. Closing out, we will be doing that tomorrow. You have, of course, Von Miller versus Datnewing, the greatest pass rusher in AM history, versus the all-time tackler in AM history. Mike Evans versus Ray Childress. Mr. Consistency versus Mr. Consistency. But that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. While you're at it, make sure you listen to the brand new NFL mock draft special found on Locked on NFL. So subscribe to that channel. Tomorrow, we will be breaking down our final four and our championship matchup. 
who will be the greatest Aggie of all time. You're going to want to listen to that show. We will see you then. And remember, gig and y'all, this has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.